Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Here we go. Things starting to heat up. Happy opening day, everybody. Probably more of a holiday or a day observance around here than Election Day actually is, which is... Maybe a little sad, but uh, a double header of basketball at the Carrier Dome today. The women about to tip off at 3 o'clock. In fact, that will uh, truncate our show a little today. And then the men's basketball team opens at 7 tonight. Eastern Washington in town for the first ever meeting between the programs in the 2K Classic. These uh, first handful of games. This one, Moorhead State on Saturday. And then the uh, two games in New York next week. All part of the uh, 2K Classic. Syracuse guaranteed to play Connecticut next week and then either Iowa or Oregon and an exciting time to start here with the 16th ranked orange ready to go and there's not a person around that ever would have thought that the Syracuse football team would be higher ranked than the basketball team as of opening day of the season orange football number 13 and home in the dome Friday night for senior night a seven o'clock kick. We'll visit with Cam Lynch in his usual spot on this Tuesday afternoon. Cam with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took one on the chin against the Panthers on Sunday and uh, now at the bottom of the NFC South looking up. So we'll get his thoughts on that and what's happening around the NFL. But uh, more importantly, his thoughts on Syracuse being ranked 13th, the highest AP poll position Syracuse has had in 20 years. And then on senior night and all of that good stuff. Your phone calls are welcome. We'll have to be a little tighter today. 315-437-7644. 315-437-7644. Before we get into new business, Polly, would you like to chime in on the poll results? From yesterday, we had conducted a poll to carry out really our press box off-air discussion from the football game on Saturday. Can't even recall how we got onto it, but it was about national chain pizzas. I noticed that uh, based on our rant yesterday, people appreciated my support of local pizza. Well, here's the deal. In Syracuse, New York, you you go with your strengths, okay? If you're going with chain pizza in this area or you're skipping the family Italian restaurants or any family sort of ethnic restaurants, which there are a lot of in this community, you're making a mistake. And uh, so that's, that's a problem. But... That being said, Polly, how did the uh, pizza deal wind up? Okay, so we had four options coming in fourth. Last place, 16% of the votes, Little Caesars. Uh-huh. Uh, third place would be, with 20% of the votes, Papa John's. Okay. Second. I wonder if that was, there was any political orientation in that, that they lost votes because their previous owner and founder was a bigot. Second place would be 30% of the vote, Pizza Hut. That was your pony. Yep, and then uh, coming in at first place with 34% of the vote, Domino's. You think that's top of mind? They're a more aggressive advertiser, I would say, than the rest of those, although they all are. I mean, Papa John's is huge if you little watch Caesars NFL games. Little Caesars all the time. Little Caesars used to be, I think, a little bit more with the with the character there. Um, 
Yeah, they all, I guess, advertise. But are you buying this whole, like, Domino's thing right now is if you ruin your pizza on the drive home because the potholes <laughs> will replace it, is that like, one of the craziest gimmicks that you've ever come across? Do you, see, I always wanted to do that. Now, if I trip and fall, do I get to keep the pizza I fell, or do you have to return? Cause then yeah, you well, then what's the, what's the point? I don't know. Yeah, you're not getting... You're not getting two pizzas out of the deal just because you're wiped out. And it doesn't really matter, but I would think pizza is one of those foods that who cares if, you're, if your pepperoni kind of slid across the pie, you can put it back on. That's with the little table. On I the told ch- you, I went local for my pizza order on Sunday during football. Uh, Dual Arbors was the place I called, and uh, it's fantastic. I crushed it today. I was in a hurry and just grabbed some cold pizza. That's one of life's uh, underrated treats. I'm going Cam's. And knocked it out. Cam's is solid, too. And uh, we're blessed to have good uh, pizza places here. So let's move on, and we'll get into basketball. Certainly the talk about point guard health, and I think all of the reporting summed up the composite pick at this point would be Frank Howard not playing, Jalen Carey, Howard Washington available. Those guys practiced yesterday. Frank Howard did not. So that's usually an indication. It's rare that somebody doesn't practice and then plays. I wouldn't be surprised to see Howard play on Saturday, but he won't play tonight. And Kerry and Howard, maybe they do. Maybe they break the ice and, and get out there at least for a little bit of run. Do they play the full game? They play the you know 25 minutes that you might expect them to play tonight? I don't think so, but I think you'll maybe see both. We asked Coach Beheim about those point guards and how desirous he is to see them back. Well, it's important to get them in practice with the team so that the team understands what how what the dynamic's going to be. You're not playing the same way now that you would with them. So it's definitely held us back quite a lot. But, you know, it is what it is. We've got to do the best we can working our way through this, and uh, we'll see where we are. And where they are right now is having dominated two exhibition games without a point guard with Tyus Battle playing there and Obviously, the competition ramps up tonight, but the Orange will be heavily favored in all of these uh, non-conference games against smaller conference uh, competition, and that's what they have here. This is an Eastern Washington program that's won a lot of games lately, won 20 games last year, but doesn't have the personnel that Syracuse has. They come back without their uh, all-around best player from a year ago. As for what Coach Beheim did see in the exhibitions, he saw those two lopsided wins. He saw a team that shot the ball pretty well and saw a team that he had to really make sense of, even though it wasn't playing the way that it will during the year. Well, the guys that were there, we evaluated them based on what they did. And I thought it was mostly positive. Uh, a lot of a lot of positive things. Our movement was good. Our defense was active. Uh, ball movement was good. We got good shots. We shot pretty well. So you evaluate what you have, and based on what we we have, the uh, uh, the games were very productive. So that's Coach Beheim. Tyus Battle will be our pregame guest tonight when we get to the Dome. We've got a 5.30 pregame show going tonight and a 7 o'clock tip-off in the Dome. And one of the things we asked Tyus is, what did he work on in this period of time after walking away from the NFL draft and spending a good part of the summer with private coaching and really pro training in Southern California? Just my whole game, especially offensively, uh, my mid-range game, uh, getting to the basket, Seeing the floor in different ways sure. and working on the details of the game, watching film and stuff like that. So that's Tyus Battle. More of him tonight on our pregame show. Orange women get going this afternoon, a 3 o'clock start, so one of the uh, first games of the season anywhere. So they take on North Dakota. Brian Higgins standing by, and he'll have the broadcast of that game for you, beginning with a 2.45 pregame show. 
both these Syracuse men and women not only are ranked, but one of the reasons they're ranked is they've got all five starters coming back from last year. So we'll see the Tiana Mungakahia show uh, take stage for the second time this season. And, you know, even Coach Beheim, over the course of the year, his radio show typically coincided with a women's basketball game. They often played on Thursday nights, and so we would have that game on the computer while we're maybe watching a men's game on the tube and, and taking in the game. And we'll start the Jim Beheim shows here in a couple of weeks. But watching Tiana distribute, watching Miranda Drummond uh, finish and others, it's an awfully exciting uh, Syracuse women's basketball team. So I hope people go up uh, for a chance if they have the opportunity. If maybe uh, with the election day pass, they were able to kind of get out, vote, do their uh, civic duty, and then maybe don't have to go back to work. Maybe you can go to the Dome and then check out a 3 o'clock game and stick right around for the 7 o'clock game tonight, the Orange Men and Eastern Washington. Back to football when we return. We'll visit with Cam Lynch in just a moment. You're listening to In the Booth. It's brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. We'll talk NFL on the other side of this timeout on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Rolling along on In the Booth, brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance here until about 2.40 today. Syracuse women's basketball coming up at a quarter to the hour. Men's basketball opens its season tonight as well. Eastern Washington in town. Cam Lynch joins us from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his regular Tuesday afternoon chat. And Cam, it was good to see you on the sideline, albeit in a loss, but you did see some quality FaceTime. I was watching uh, the Red Zone channel, and as they... Switched around from game to game. There you were uh, reacting to something. With a, it must have been a good thing because your smiling face was beaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I smile a lot even through the adversity. Sometimes uh, you know you face it, but uh, you know it was a rough, rough weekend for us. But you know we have this week coming up. So like I got to say every week, man. Uh, Twenty-four hour rule. Uh, smile during the whole process and hope for the best outcomes. Um, at the end of each week. That was a 42-28 loss to the Panthers on the road. Bucks are home against the Redskins on Sunday. Redskins also got clipped this past weekend. And Cam, you look at that division, I think the last couple of times we talked to you about how you know densely packed it was, now it's starting to sort out a little bit. The Saints with a huge win against the Rams. Uh, then the Panthers are next in line. But uh, that was some kind of win. You still have that win in your pocket against the Saints from the opening weekend. And they go off and win at home against Los Angeles. A lot of people think that could be a NFC championship preview. That was a heck of a game. Right. Yeah, it was pretty awesome to see, man. And it's also nice to know that we have a win over, um, you know, a team in the Saints that have beaten one of the powerhouses in the league right now in the Rams. So I think, you know, each week as we as we prepare, as long as we continue to do our job, man, and um, make the plays that we, that we need to make, I feel like we can – we can do a lot of great things, and it, it goes to show, right? We beat the same team that beat um, that our contention for uh, for the playoffs. So, um, hopefully, we can put our name in that hat as well, man, and keep going. Cam, remind me about your time with the Rams and how close your connections would be there. Obviously, it's a new coach in Sean McVay, but same general manager, if I'm not mistaken, in Les Snead. He was there in your time. How much time did you spend there uh, with the Rams in St. Louis and? Did you see anything being put into place that could could lead to this? There's obviously been significant personnel changes. So I had an opportunity opportunity to be with the Rams in St. Louis and in L.A. Uh, my rookie year, 2015, I was with the Rams for one year, um, a lot, and I was there along with the move into L.A. Then also at the end of last year, I got the good chance to go back to the Rams and play there for 
five to six games and um, have a playoff run as well with him. I was I was with Sean McVay, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive to see the things that he's done. Um, he's he was up for you know midway season coach of the year, so um, that just goes to show what kind of program he's running. Uh, they got it going over there, man, and um, I think. What they have going is something that we all look, uh, we look and aspire to do uh, with the success that they're having. So, um, you know, for the Buccaneers, I think is we have to bring that energy. We have to do what we can to get wins like uh, like the other teams as well. That's right. The Bucks and uh, Redskins coming up Sunday in Tampa, one o'clock start. The other stuff around the NFL. I don't know why this has been the week that's done it, but people are recycling these old celebrations. So in New Orleans, they Michael Thomas goes under the pads and the goalpost to take out the old flip phone a la Joe Horn. And then last night, Monday Night Football, the uh, there's a celebration by a Titans player on the star logo in the middle of the field in Big D. Uh, this seems like uh, you know the 80s and 90s being redone. It seems like those were a long time ago, the originals. But uh, do players really take that as a slight cam when, when somebody's kind of celebrating in the middle of your field? Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is. It is tough, man. Um, even last week, you know, Cam Cam Newton they made a lot of big plays, man, and he was he was celebrating. So it's just tough. It's tough to watch, but at the same time, it's like that motivates you to do what you're supposed to do, right? Um, the only way you can stop the celebration as a defensive player is to celebrate yourself. So, uh, you know, we we had a few good ones against the Browns. Actually, we had a nice little rowboat that we had <laughs> going on. So I think the the name of the game is. To score as many touchdowns as you can, make as many plays as you can, so you can be the one celebrating, not the other way around. Cam Lynch is our guest, former Orange linebacker, now with the Tampa Bay Bucks, a NFL special teams whiz. And Cam, then maybe you can put us in the head. I don't know how much of the game you watched when the Orange beat uh, Wake Forest on Saturday, ho hum, their third win in a row. But uh, cornerback Chris Frederick had a late interception and ran from one end zone to the other after the whistle and just kind of kept going. Somebody else had his helmet, and he's going and doing his thing, and he makes it all the way over to the bench side and then throws the ball up in the stands. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I saw the beginning of the game uh, before we had to catch our flight um, to Carolina. So I saw the beginning, and then I saw the – Result at the end, but I didn't see that. Can you can you run me again through the well, play? That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, the game was over at that point. He made a pick, and he wanted everybody to know about it. He he, uh, it was the furthest I've ever seen somebody run that you know was not an attempt to score anything. It was clearly after the whistle. He made an interception in the end zone. It was going to be a touchback, and he just kind of ran at three quarter speed, you know, entirely across the field and flipped the ball. I think the officials were going to let it go for a while, but once he threw the ball in the stands, that was a personal foul penalty. But he was having oh, fun. Yeah. That's, that's a tough play. Uh, I think, you know, after at a certain point, you have to know when enough is enough. So I'm sure uh, from that situation, he can learn just to, after that, go celebrate with his teammates. So uh, a lesson learned for the young man. And uh, like you said, man, we just got to keep it hot uh, over there in Syracuse, man, keep that ball rolling. That's right. Now, number 13 in the country, and I know that you wouldn't have seen that coming. You're as optimistic as they come, Cam, but in our early visits this year, even though they got off to a good start, I'll bet you didn't see number 13 ahead. Oh yeah, man. They, I mean, they count us out all the time. I, in the locker room, people look at me like, "Oh, Syracuse? Like, oh, what are y'all gonna do this week?" I'm like, "We're probably gonna win this week," you know. And that's that's me every week. So they're always gonna count us out, man. And um, and even people as fans and old alumni, sometimes they'll count out the people that are in that locker room at Syracuse. But I, I, I mentioned in the tweet earlier, I was like, "We have an elite program, uh, an elite coach, an elite an elite player." So um, that's all those guys. We we rep, we rep the colors, but that's all those guys. 
um, in that locker room, in, the, in those uniforms right now. And um, that's just much love to those guys. And um, we're proud of the work that they're doing. Those guys in those uniforms, Cam, they're 5-0 and at home. How cool do you think it would be to go 6-0, and have an unbeaten dome season in a year? That's that'll be pretty awesome, and like I said, man, it's it's a great time to be orange, and we're really proud of those guys and what they're doing. So if they can get that done, man, they'll go down the history books as legends. And last thing is uh, just the players' mentality, Cam. If you could put us uh, through maybe your senior night memories and and what it's like knowing, and even in this case, they, there's three games left this season. They're all not here after this one on Friday night. But how do you? What would be your advice, I guess, to the team? and individual players that uh, know they're playing out there for the final time? Man, just don't take it for granted, really. Uh, I had a teammate that got injured the other day, and he, the, the first thing he said was, do not take this for granted because they put it all out on the line. Um, so enjoy the ride while you can. Go down as legends and win out, man, uh, one game at a time. And like I said, just enjoy, enjoy the ride. All right, good stuff. We enjoy uh, your visit every week, Cam. Uh, wish you the best. You get back to work tomorrow in preparation for the skins. Yes, most definitely. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former Orange captain and linebacker, joining us uh, each Tuesday. Tomorrow on the show, Adam Terry to break down the upcoming Louisville game on Friday night. Thursday, we'll look at Syracuse basketball with Mike Waters, the beat reporter of uh, Syracuse Hoops at Syracuse.com. Back with Do We Care as we continue. More as we roll along on the show. Headed up to the quarter hour mark here before we hand things over to Brian Higgins and the pregame show with Coach Q and the Syracuse women against North Dakota in the Dome. That's as we roll along in the booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. Now, I know you mentioned this with Cam Lynch, but Titan safety Kevin Byard celebrated... An interception right on the Dallas Star, an ode to Terrell Owens. Uh, he thought that one of the Cowboys was going to, quote, knock my head off, which they did to Terrell Owens when he did this. Um, Terrell Owens also tweeted a picture of, of the player standing on the Star saying, I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, apparently this was the week that people were doing odes and tribute celebrations I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. I don't feel personally offended. Uh, I think when you do that type of stuff, you're it's just like pimping it after a home run in baseball. You're putting yourself at risk for someone to come and and uh, knock you off. It was actually that Byron Jones, the Connecticut player, that uh, went and you know kind of tackled him on the star. Whatever. I think you should have a little bit of fun. I don't really like showing up uh, the opponent, but I think there's a, a line that you can approach, and this is entertainment, so. Whatever. Well, we've discussed this already. Is it different in college and than the pros that you don't mess around midfield than the opponent's logo? No. I well, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't advise it. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Like that, he did it and paid the price for it, or whatever. Why he's copying somebody else's thing, I don't really know. Um, if there was something more clever to that, you know, then then fine. But no, we had talked about that on the show. I think the other day about you have to understand that that is. Rightly or wrongly, it is taken as disrespect. So we had talked about unwittingly, you know, we've seen staffers and stuff just sort of walk through the Tiger Paw logo in the middle of the field at Clemson. I don't think you should do that on purpose, or I think if you do, don't be surprised if it offends somebody or if they yell at you or they, you know, pull you off. Don't just loiter there. If you're going to be there, take a picture or whatever, do it and you move on. And uh, it's kind of sacred ground uh, 
for these places. So in this case, he obviously knew he was exposing himself to uh, to being hit or a fine or whatever, and do the crime, do the time. I think this is a. I think when you're when you're celebrating on the other person's logo, you're, you're crossing that line of not. You're not just celebrating your own achievement. Now you're you're, yeah. you're disrespecting the other team, showing up the other team, which is. I agree with that. Yeah, um, Jamal Murray. Of the Denver Nuggets yesterday had 48 points last night as time expired against the Celtics. He took a three before the buzzer, trying to get over 50 points. Kyrie Irving was not very happy with it. He, he took the the ball and chucked it into the stands. Said after, but the ball deserves to be to go in the crowd after a BS move like that. So I threw it in the crowd. Yeah, and again, NBA season. We talked about this. It's too long. It's become a soap opera for these types of things. Yes, you're artificially inflating your score if you attempt a shot like that. I, I would think it's kind of Bush League, too. Again, this stuff happens on a night-in, night-out basis. Throwing the ball in the stands, you know, that's stupid as well. But I could see them being upset and, and uh, you know, to score 50 points, it's hard to, hard to say that any 50-point game isn't somewhat artificial because you need to take that many shots to do it. But uh, it, it, would, it would have been kind of a hollow 50, if that makes any sense, had he made the shot. Uh, unlike, you know, uh, Thompson who comes out and just can't miss, and he had 50 at halftime or whatever the other day. So, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, but uh, those are the types of things when you when you do them, you're going to have consequences. Isn't the more shocking story that the Denver Nuggets are 9-1? and one? They're really <laughs> good. Right? Yeah. Wow. yeah. So. I couldn't pick Jamal Lina, uh, Murray out of a lineup. I mean, he could be walking through the building right now, and I wouldn't even know, know who he is. I couldn't tell you. One player on the Denver Nuggets. Really? And, I don't and, think so. And Kyrie's probably just a little mad that the Celtics or, are six and four. Yeah. Right? So. But they didn't they get a oh they have Isaiah Thomas that he wind up there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Paul Millsap they signed last year. But uh he didn't score fifty points, but he did have an achievement in this game. Is he, Alex English still there? <laughs> Forty eight points Fast. was the most <laughs> the Forty, Go ahead. Sorry, the most points for a Canadian board player oh, in, in well, a single season. That's huge. Oh. In a game. In a, in, a, in a game, sorry. Yeah. In a single game, yeah. yes. He beat Andrew Wiggins' record of 47. That's tremendous. Yes. Uh, LaMelo Ball is returning to play basketball in the United States. He is enrolling at Spire Institute in Ohio and is expected to play next week. Uh, what is Spire Institute and how can he play next week? He's have to sit out, uh, play against Oak Hill, so they're a post-grad like prep school type thing? And yeah. Yeah. Did he not get paid? Maybe he didn't get paid on that team that he was on in in uh, Yugoslavia or wherever the heck that was. Uh, they had he has a team uh, a player on that team with him who's seven foot seven, two hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's just. There's sickly. a video on Bleacher Report of him shooting jumpers. He's had a very good jump shot, but just he's a twig. Seven seven, two hundred pounds. Yeah, well, that's a whole different uh, topic there. But um, he must not have. That must not have been considered a pro team that he was on in Europe that his brother was on and his father ran and that whole deal. Because if you play pro, you're ineligible, certainly for NCAA, and this wouldn't be even NCAA yet. This is below the NCAA to play. Uh, I've never heard of Spire Institute, but if they're playing, of course, I guess Oak Hill isn't bounded by just playing high school teams either. They're not a real high, you know, they're not a high school in the sense of the word that we think of it. So uh, who cares? Two K not two K sports, all time Denver Nuggets team. 
Alex English. What's 2K Sports have to do with it? They, the they have they put oh, their they... all time teams on the video. Carmelo games. Anthony on it? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, let me just, let me just do it real quick. I Alex did... English. Yeah. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Dan Issel. Yes. Fat Lever. Yes. Uh, Danny Shays. Um, no. Allen Iverson. Yes. Really? Oh. How long was he there? I guess Two was, years, maybe. Okay. Uve Blob. <laughs> he no. said no. Oh, no. Uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf is going to be there. There you right? go. Um, Kiki Vandaway. Yeah. How many years did he play there? A while. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon uh, Martin. Yes. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Okay. Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, of course, the famous yes. him on the court holding the ball. Nene. Lafonso yep. Ellis. I like that. Yeah, I was going to go Fonz, yeah. Uh, I think we're out of them now. David Thompson. Sure. How, how many are there? Chauncey Billups. Oh, they're just ranking. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't like a 10-man. Yeah, Billups, I would have yeah, said. There you go. That's all of them. Okay. That's your... Was Melo two on that list? Ring, ring of Carmelo high. is number two on that list. He that ranks sense. 94 with David Thompson at a 95 and Alex English at 93. Oh, this is the this one of video, video game, game rankings? Yes. David Thompson was the guy... You know, this is the true definition of how high can you leap. But they used to say David Thompson could go and grab a quarter off the top of the backboard. Like that guy is one of the most physically gifted people that's ever played the game, and uh, I don't think he really had that much of an NBA career based on injury limitations and and that type of thing. But uh, obviously, couldn't have been too bad if he was up there in that discussion. Zion Williamson, I'm sure, can get pretty close to doing that. I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't think he's a. I think he's so stocky. I think he's more of a power guy than I view him as a leaper. Sure. Uh, so I don't. I don't think he's like a necessarily a jump out of the gym guy. I think he's got power and apparently has enough hang time to do the moves and, yeah. and things he does. We'll see about Zion Williamson. I, I am not buying into the uh, Zion Williamson hype, um, but we'll see. That's why they play the games. All right, a couple minutes here before. Thank you, Tommy. No problem. Before we uh, turn it loose, wanted to share. Uh, some of the thoughts of uh, Coach Babers, one in particular that we uh, had left over from yesterday's show, and he was asked at his Monday press conference about, you know, it, is this the high point here? And you know, everybody wants to know now. Did you see this coming? Did you visualize this? And blah blah blah. Is this going to continue uh, forward, or have you peaked? And uh, a guy with a Hawaii background and grew up in San Diego, answered it this way. If this was a wave, okay, I wouldn't say that we're on top of it, but we're catching it. And uh, they're starting to get it. They really do. I think the really cool thing is when the seniors really, they really have like two systems in them. They got two head coaches in them, two or three offensive line coaches, some of them three offensive coordinators. They've got a lot of stuff in them. And when it really starts to click offensively and defensively is when you really can't remember the old stuff, when you only have your stuff. And, I, and when it comes to that point, I think it really starts to come together. I wouldn't say that we're on the top of that wave, but I think we're definitely catching it. Well, Dino Babers has a lot of uh, sayings and a different way of looking at some things. But what he's talking about there really has to do with the mental capacity of football players and how they're able to go forward once they have learned a system made the language second nature to them and have kind of moved on from any previous way of looking at it or previous training and uh, continuing forward. So that's what he views as happening, certainly with his senior quarterback. Tomorrow we'll have some of his thoughts on the level at which Eric Dungey's playing. We'll talk about that with Adam Terry on tomorrow's show too. 
and give you a feel here for just how good is this and why is this all come together. You know, Seth and Steve were talking on the, the show before, and one thing was sort of the assumption, well, Syracuse will continue to go to bowls every year and we'll, we'll only get into better bowls in the year's future. One thing I would just say, do not underestimate the fact that they're playing with a senior quarterback, which they won't have next year. They'll have a very good quarterback in Tommy DeVito. He's not going to be a senior quarterback and a four-year starter. And they're not going to be plus 12 in turnover margin next year. That's not something you repeat, generally speaking. Uh, would love to be wrong about that, but what they're doing now is uh, extraordinary. And if you continue to ride that out, if you're among the national leaders in turnover margin, you're bound to have a very good record, and that's where we are. All right, that'll do it for us on the show today. We thank Paulie and Tommy for their help. Brian Higgins standing by. He's got pregame for the Syracuse women's basketball opener against North Dakota. It's coming up on ESPN Radio.